0: We are living in the midst of a new technological revolution. In this episode, we explore the complex landscape of data, where artificial intelligence, data usage and management hold pivotal positions. Joining us today are two professionals with extensive experience and knowledge in the field. Lucas Lundin, an AI expert from Microsoft, and Heidi Kananen, an author and speaker about AI in business from Kaleva Media. They will share their insights and perspectives on the challenges and opportunities that data and AI bring to organizations and their business environments. Welcome and let's get started. So today we will have a very interesting topic to discuss. We will discuss with our guests uh, uh, artificial intelligence and there is also flavors from their uh, uh, data analytics as well as the managing uh, the data. As a starting for preparation of this, I, I went through a little bit uh, from uh, generic artificial intelligence that what means artificial intelligence and also what means the uh, uh, data analytics as well as the managing with the data. And I found myself with the text as, as following uh, like artificial intelligence, uh, performing like humankind, kind of a machines, then uh, managing with the data, uh, it's giving the answer that utilizing data as a valuable resource to achieve organizational goals, and finally data analytics for something like insights from the data to support this. Uh, the machine gives these kind of answers, but uh, what about our, uh, our guest today? How do you see these three different uh, terminologies? Are you aligned with the, with, uh, with uh, these kind of uh, feed what's coming from the the system.
1: Well, <laughs> if I start, thanks, Petri. Uh, I would say the first one was um, <clears throat> maybe a bit um, not that accurate about the artificial intelligence. Maybe the next two one were a bit more up to date. But uh, if we think about the artificial intelligence as a term and what we understand with it, I think we need more um, more um, around it uh, the main understanding is probably growing and uh, also the AI and the usability of AI is developing all the time so I think there are still a lot teaching to do and a lot learning to do so, and it might be that if you have some kind of um, idea about the AI it it might be old today but it was to, yes, like yesterday so but m- maybe the basics are there what the chat GPT it gave to you?
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, well, starting with the first one, artifici- artificial intelligence, it's such a broad term and I think there's a lot happening also with the subterms of it. So GPT technology, uh, I don't think very many even understands anymore like where it came from. Yeah, I think kind of the same thing is happening as what has ha- happened with uh, the acronym's laser and radar. Those were both kind of acronyms that I don't think many anymore understand, but everyone understands what the radar is. Everyone understands uh, what a laser is. So I think uh, the terminology is is quite fluid. And in some cases, it's important to know each of the, like, if, are you talking about AI, machine learning, deep learning, or generative AI? They're all kind of like subterms in it. So, mm-hmm. But I think AI in general, if I would have a definition for it, I think it's everything that's A computer imitating human intelligence on a broad terms.
1: Yeah, we can can think that most of us uh, uh, use internet all the time. All of us use internet all the time, but we don't really know how it works. So maybe this is what's happening with AI as well. So we are using it and starting to use it and probably sometimes don't even know that we are using it. But but still, uh, it maybe when we are developing things we need to understand the basics of the of ai so that we understand and see the possibilities where we can use it but but when we use it and when we have good services on it so maybe it doesn't matter even do we understand how it works
0: mm. yeah maybe one interesting thing is that if i'm using different kind of a channels to to identify like artificial artificial intelligence as a as a kind of a uh, word, uh, do I expect to get the same answer from different sources? What, what do you think? So
1: <laughs> maybe it's the same if you ask like ten people, and do they all ex- ex- explain yeah. or answer the same? So probably it's the same here. So it it's, it comes to the data, what, what has been taught to it. So I think it's more like a general opinion.
2: Mm. Yeah, of course, I Mm. think as a large language model or a human, I think the answer would differ a bit depending on on the context. Uh, But I think it's great that it has become kind of a, well, more known term. I think it was kind of like a fluffy term before. And now people are really, well, I think mainly attaching the term AI to what is now generative AI. Mm. AI that everyone can touch and kind of experience. Previously, it was kind of uh, this vague term that was used maybe in some certain smaller scenarios, but mm. now it's here for kind of everyone.
1: Yeah, that's true. I I think I came. Uh, uh, it's around ten years I, I've been working with AI now, around it. So uh, and now during the last year, people are really starting to speak about it when this uh, general AI came. So. Uh, it has been hit there mm. earlier, but as a as a tool for us uh, to use in everyday life, so um, many people have heard it, like in the last year or two, for the first time or get to know to it. So maybe it's not that new thing, but now it's in uh, everyone everyone's hands at the moment.
0: Do we need to have a uh, kind of a skills to read this information what come through these uh, these channels? I mean that this kind of a uh, literacy skills for example that uh, you kind of that you you understand that there can be a variation a little bit and you can analyze that uh, uh, information which come from these sources such a way that you are critical enough is that what what is needed at the moment Ye-
2: yeah, especially if we talk now generative AI, I kind of think the, the foundations of it is kind of a black box that has been trained on a lot of data. Mm. And if you ask a plain model for a fact or an answer, there is kind of no way to fact check that answer from if you ask the base model itself. But there are a lot of ways to, to get around it by, for an example, allowing the AI to access information from an external source, mm. like uh, what we're doing with Bing. So basically we have the base model, it understands a question, but then it also has access to internet and can go look up that information Mm -hmm. and then reply based on that. And I think most solutions we're seeing now being implemented at at customers are those retrieval kind of structures where we don't trust the base model (laughs) to be truthful because uh, to be honest, they're kind of trained to produce good looking answers, maybe not factual answers. But I think transparency is really important when you implement generative AI, and this needs to be kind of built into the the application. So, uh, well, I guess the most common example I mentioned was Bing. So basically, there when you ask it something, it then lists mm. sources at, at the answer. So,
1: yeah, I think here's important that people understand how the AI works as mm. a like a that you know that when you get the answer, it's a it's not the fact; it's the probability of something that you see that the, it has been used using to, uh, some data behind. So uh, if we Google things, we get many answers and we pick the one we think that it's imp- okay. like um, suitable for us. But then when we use generative AI, it might be that you get one good-looking answer. So you need to understand that it's not the whole truth and it has been taught with the da- data behind. So. But is
0: that the risk also, if you're thinking about that, uh, it's start to be more common, these kind of a tools, uh, widely used in the future, mm. that there are many people, hundreds of thousands, millions of people start to use it. Do they have that kind of a skill that they can be critical? What mm. what come from these, these uh, artificial intelligence uh, systems and uh, and, yeah. and data you see there?
2: I think uh, clearly not everyone yet. Mm. There are a lot of examples of people misusing kind of large language models. I think one was, I think it was an author or someone who basically asked the base model through ChatGPT uh, if that person's content has had been like used uh, to train the model. And then the model replied yes. And then he took that kind of as uh as a truth, mm. while it, in this case, was not. So, uh, and in this case, it's just like kind of that person didn't understand how the model worked mm. uh, because the model in this case wanted to provide like a, a good looking answer. And of course, if you discuss uh, a long time with an AI, you actually alter its kind of personality or its prompt by prompting many times, you are kind of altering the base model. So if you've been talking about, let's say, your article or something before, and then you ask it afterwards, something regarding that, then that answer might be impacted by the previous conversation you've had. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, it's probably the the same thing with all the data analysis that you need to be critical with the data. uh, Like the sources you have on it, uh, are they crucial, are they relevant, are they uh, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's the same with all the AI models, Mm -hmm. also with the generative generative AI, yeah.
2: Yeah, and I think, uh, I mean, it has always been uh, important when using AI to kind of understand the explainability of it. So previously, I think most AI has been touching on like narrow scenarios. You've been using AI for... Image recognition to let's say identify uh, cancer cells in a sample or something like that. Then you need to be able to to explain the model in the same sense that those researchers know the explainability of the model. I think now it's on everyone's uh, it's everyone's job now mm. that, that are using generative AI these like broad models to understand how, how they work that they're just kind of in a very basic sense just guessing the next word that's coming up, so.
0: Hmm. Hey, if we move, move ahead a little bit uh, and, and talk about data and, and uh, data analytics, I see Heidi, you showed a uh, couple of weeks ago in, in the University of Oulu. nice uh, picture that uh, showing a little bit that, uh, that we are not very efficient to use data in our operations. Can you a little bit open that, uh, what was uh, behind of the study and uh, and uh, what is the outcome of, actually, of the, of this kind of a graph that you showed that uh, quite minimal amount of the data is used for for managing the uh, processes?
1: Yes, there's quite many things that can go wrong <laughs> when, when we use uh, or try to use data. Usually, there's a lot of informational flow in, in our organization and uh, in, in life itself at the moment through digitalization, but... Um, in organization, usually there's uh, there can be some many problems that uh, why the data is not usable for us. Uh, usually, some, uh, there's problems like uh, storage, for example. They are we are not taking the data, uh, uh, we are not uh, putting it in a uh, right way that we could use it. Uh, there's some problems with the data architecture, and the and the systems are not uh, integrated together. Uh, If we do get the data, uh, there might be problems that uh, it is hard to interpret. We don't understand it. Mm. It doesn't look nice. And when the the visualization is not looking nice, we are humans and we tend to, uh, if if it looks difficult or if it's like uh, hard to interpret or looks like there's some um, words that we don't understand, it's usually something that it's uh, easier to just leave it alone and and if we get the nice pictures and and we trust it uh, the visualization and and the, then we usually if the data tells us something that might be in um it, that it's not the same that we assumed it to be it might be hard for us to use it and if we, all those architecture and uh, uh visualization and all those um are, are in place it might be that uh, still, maybe it's some us or our boss who doesn't communicate to us, or then it's upde- its not update. Mm. It might be old, uh, or or then we just don't trust it. So uh, there's so many like difficult places that we we don't um, get all the all the efficient way to use it. So I don't know. Mm. Uh, Maybe there's just a little amount of data that we actually use That, you know, if we think about how much we could use it. Yeah, um, I
2: think, I mean, organizations' data state has been growing since, I guess, someone installed the mm-hmm. first server <laughs> for it. And yeah. it won't stop growing. Uh, we'll we be getting more and more sources all the time. But I think it's interesting also at the other end of the data platform, thinking about the users, we're soon going to be Having a lot more users that actually can access and ask things out of this data mm. from the help of uh, from the help of generative AI. Mm. So basically, myself, I'm an expert at reading Power BI reports, mm. but I haven't created that many. Mm. Uh, but now, when I got access to these copilot tools in in Power BI, I can basically just like using natural language start mm. querying databases and and mm. finding data. So I think that's that also. Puts a lot of stress on on an organizations like data mm. and analytics platform. So it's not only growing, but it's also the velocity is going to be increasing.
0: But like like me as a user of data, I have seen that the first thing is that the data is quite scattered in the general terms, mm. quite scattered in different formats. You need to combine this somehow and uh, start to do analytics, and that's very time-consuming process, usually. Uh, I know that, like a Microsoft, uh, you are uh, Lucas coming from the Microsoft side, uh, that developing different type of the the tools that helping us to kind of uh, collect the data from different sources and 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 and, and uh, helping us to, to analyze also data, like Power BI, as you mentioned, yeah. uh, and uh, and that visualization. I, I see that that's also a very important part of the understanding of what is behind of the data. How, how do you see? I think that that's one of the drivers to right? yeah, uh, develop the systems and tools for, for de- consumers.
2: Yeah, <laughs> definitely, I think we've had quite, quite like a uh, Gathered amount of different tools for data. We've had like different systems for data lakes. Then we've had some like integration, like maybe external integration systems. Then we have a data warehouse of like multiple different qualities. Uh, and then we might have a data science scientist teams accessing this. We might have developers that want to access also data on the data platform. Then we have business users. Uh, and now, well, I think we really, we, the general av- 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 availability of Microsoft Fabric was announced a couple of weeks ago, mm. and that is at least Microsoft's attempt at kind of grouping all of this under one in the one, one system. So, basically, allowing anyone or like giving the organization that one source of truth. This has been attempted many times, but now I think we have kind of the full stack that actually can. Can make that happen. So,
0: how, how do you see the organization? That are they capable to do this kind of uh, uh, analyzing of the data by by themselves? I mean that in the in individual level. Because what I'm seeing right now is that uh, how how we are doing the uh, and, and and let's say distribute the data in the organization. We are using PowerPoints, which is quite static. Uh, a stable kind of a way to do that, but then thinking about that, can it be more this kind of a dynamic way, like through the Power BI's? Are we capable to do that? Do we have a time for it? I
2: I think this ties back to the question about skilling again. Now I don't think, I think there will be less demand of, of hard skills. So let's say you wanted to make a really cool Power BI dashboard. To do that previously, you would have needed, like, skills how to write DAX queries and maybe uh, doing SQL queries even and then knowing that data. But now I think generative AI kind of writes that for us. So what's left for us to understand is uh, do we have that data in in the system or not? Or And then the data quality part is still incredibly important. So mm. even if the AI can fetch the data uh create those dash- dashboards, um, I'm not completely sure that AI understands or is capable of ensuring qu- high, high quality mm. in that data. And there are, of course, like, of course, it can rationalize about the data it can remove outliers. It can like check for all of that. But the AI at this point doesn't have the same understanding of an organization mm. as a uh, as, as someone who's like in that org building that data platform?
1: I believe uh, people know how to use the analytics when they see it because we they, we have the substance on on the issue or, or uh, we have the know-how We when we um, get relevant data analytics. So I think we can use it mm. efficiently. Um, the thing that... Uh, Lucas mentioned about all the data lakes and and what's happening behind. I think that's that is something that you don't uh, understand or or see as a as a business person from the business side usually. And when we ta- uh, start to talk about those things uh, on the business side, people are usually a bit frustrated and kind of like, uh, can we can we move on to that? <laughs> can mm-hmm. we move on mm-hmm. to that analytics and can we get the um, uh, 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 like go to the like the end point and this is usually the thing where we need to have the conversation and we need to understand each other better and uh, also uh, until now this uh, analytics has usually been like the IT thing Mm. that the business people ask like can you can you deliver me for that and that and that and usually the IT people are like yes it's coming but it takes (laughs) up like like two months and then it's like so frustrating <laughs> to, A long delivery yeah. time. <laughs> but now but now this uh, when it um, this generative ai helps us with this so i think this will go faster and faster that we we have the data earlier and we have it when we need it it's the the need is fast we need to mm. have accurate and uh updated data and uh, uh all the time and and of course there isn't it's impossible for the IT team mm. by themselves to deliver all that. So I think this is something that will take us quite fast to the, another level by yeah. using this. And,
2: yeah, and even you mentioned like uh, doing reporting through through uh, PowerPoint mm-hmm. reports. I think that's super common, mm. and that's also kind of a well, someone needs to prepare all of those. Mm. They're not that agile. Mm. Well, once it it's made, then it's usually. Uh, If anyone has any additional questions, then there's usually a need for like additional analysis. Mm. But what I'm at least seeing now with these generative AI features is that you can have one dashboard that someone has created, maybe using generative AI or not. Uh, But then you can also ask follow-up questions. You can actually ask the model. So what is this graph here? Mm. Uh, Do we have any additional data on this? Can you drill in on Mm. this report? And then so this at least makes i was in one meeting where we looked at one one report and uh um this was a demo report of course but we just tried it out to see how far we can go and it was actually pretty interesting because we we were sitting there like three people and the ai mm. and then we just kept asking it questions about what it could create and it could actually create a lot in some cases of course uh it when it didn't have the data it then couldn't of course perform it but
1: I'm sure this will also give us better motivation to um, improve the data quality uh, uh, because when we see the benefits and we are starting to use it, we understand why it's important to have the data quality better and and, uh, this will increase.
0: If thinking about the companies, how they are organizing themselves around this um, uh, data management, uh, is it? Uh, is it old-fashioned way to do that such a way as uh, heidi already mentioned that there is a certain type of the it organization or is the kind of a analytic organization somewhere there in the different rooms and they are doing the analytics and they are serving the other parts of the organization or is it so that the people start to do by themselves the analytics and and they are doing there in the individual level instead of a group of people is doing that for for many, many others. How how do you see the trend in the future?
2: I think there's mm. definitely a need for centralized IT in some form, depending on the size of the organization, Mm. of course. But I mean, your data platform, I don't think AI or itself will go and connect it to SAP or like Mm. start Mm. building this, Mm. uh, adding the data sources. So I think building... Or the role of this centralized team is, of course, to like accelerate the the velocity through which other teams yep. can access the mm. data and then build like build the platform itself. And then, of course, there's like scaling. You might not have that expert in every team, mm. also. So maybe there can be centralized like expert resources, but. Yeah, as I mentioned also in the beginning, I think kind of the velocity of the usage of the data will increase, mm. but definitely it depends on the size of the org. There are like many different philosophies, like should we go with data mesh or mm. uh, I don't think uh, AI will remove these kind of ideologies mm. in, in data management.
1: Mm. Yeah, I think we are in some kind of phase here Uh we used to talk about customer experience, for example, mm. or, or we have been discussing, and, and still uh, the discussion is on. But we have these new roles, like who's um, like head of uh, head of uh, data roles, and uh, this kind of roles, just like we have in the customer experience uh, specialists. Uh, I think for us to be able to go there, that uh, yeah, that we could all use. Uh, data and AI in our everyday life in our roles. I think we first need someone to kind of show us how to do it, and and I believe that this will come to in, uh, to every role. And uh, but to get there, we need kind of a phase to uh, be able to learn how to use those uh, tools and how to mm. use uh, this data. So maybe we, I think those uh, uh, data roles, head of se- head of data roles, and those uh, teams that kind of. Um, experts who teach all of us to use the relevant data for our roles—we uh, need those to go like a, to go past this phase to be yeah. able to learn how to use those. But uh, in the future, I see that this is part of everyone's lo- like everyone's uh, job, everyone's role. We all need some data in our uh, job to be able to make the decisions and to be able to even make the main task tasks in life so maybe this is something that we are like uh, learning for a while and then maybe it disappears in some time and uh, uh, and, and
2: data is never ready or data yeah. platform is never going to yeah. be ready it's it's constantly evolving with mm. new technologies and and for that there needs to be a, a leadership or someone or a team mm. that kind of decides on 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 where to go and because i mean one example, there are so many new types of data mm. coming into organizations also mm. well, through generative AI. You have like vector-based data. Mm. Who's going to manage mm. that? Uh, how can you like uh, govern it? And now, or well, taking a concrete example, I think most also business users can relate to is uh, if you're using SharePoint, uh, your Copilot in the future, or if you have it, mm. uh, it's going to be able to access all the same data as that user is being able to access. Um, so there needs to be, or I mean, hopefully an org has had some kind of control on that SharePoint environment, but uh, <laughs>
0: might, might not always. <laughs> one, one good <laughs> thing what I see is really is that these tools what we are using for this uh, data management and analytics is really that uh, it's kind of a basic of uh, basis of the learning by doing. Mm-hmm. So so you don't need to be this kind of a high level skill from the IT side, for example, to use those in in in, in practical level. So mm. that's that's very good to see that this trend continues mm. by yeah. the providers of the tools. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, the, the, it's the same almost with every technology. They need to be um, easy to use mm. and they need to be reliable. And th- it's also so to the AI tools. <laughs> Uh, the one big question that raises in the in the organization is that who is responsible for the data and the and the quality of the good data point, good point. and mm. and and that is also where we at least now we need someone to be responsible for it, but it might be that we um, learn and and the processes improve that uh, uh, there will be it I hope that it will get clearer, but at the moment it's quite a big issue and and people are like a going around the question like is the if i'm an, on the marketing team am I, am I responsible for the customer data so, or or if you are in the sales team you should you be in responsible for the for the customer data and this is the, like the big question at the moment in the organization that who, who is responsible and who is leading yeah. this
2: and i don't think every, every organization mm. even knows what data they have uh, at the moment mm. like because it can be as you mentioned like from so many various Uh, sources so and with Mm. the data state keep like increasing and increasing I think we need like well AI based tools to monitor Mm. that. Analysis, paralysis. (laughs) uh, Yeah Mm -hmm. but like if you have some AI that's able to to govern Mm. or like see all of the data sources what data is moving there who owns it Mm. what's the life cycle and I mean this is really important when we talk about uh, regulation like GDPR and so Mm. forth Mm. Uh, so, but yeah, there are of course AI-based tools for that also, so. mm.
1: Mm. and it, it's uh, it de- it it depends on the context, content when we mm. when what is what is relevant for.
0: Now we have discussed quite much about the uh, technical aspect of the AI and uh, analytics and, and manage the data, but uh, is there any ethical aspects to think about and to uh, to consider?
2: Yeah, definitely. I think mm. a responsible AI is something that's incredibly in important, in, important thing. Uh, and there are also many layers to that. Uh, one aspect, we, we have like legislation perhaps coming up. Uh, I don't think it's decided that as of this recording, like what it's going to include. Um, and there are many factions also around that. But I think many European countries are now uh, kind of regarding regulation wants to go Mm -hmm. for not kind of limiting the models themselves, but rather looking at use cases. So what is it being used for? We don't want to have a black box AI making recruiting decisions. We don't want the black box AI in sensitive healthcare scenarios Hmm. we want. So so looking at it it on on, on a kind of a a, a use case by use case level. But this isn't only something that's then kind of, well, we can't be thinking that, okay, some regulator is going to be fixing all of the responsible AI because it's not. It's going to be most likely up to each and everyone implementing it Mm -hmm. to understand uh, the aspects of responsible AI. And there we have a lot of different pillars w- within mm-hmm. it that needs to be mm-hmm. considered. So mm.
1: just the basics to be, uh, you, you need to have the permission to use the data for for the things here when I use it. So that's the, of course, the main thing that if we have collected uh, data for some uh, something, we need to and, and we want to use it on, a, on a, some different thing. We need to be yeah. uh, accurate and transparent that uh, that we have the permission from the end user, or the, the end, or the, for example, in the, uh, personal data, that we, we have the permission to use it. And, and uh, I, I'm sure that we need regulation for this, and not only in the Finnish national level, but at, the, at least on the EU level, uh, maybe globally in some cases, that might be hard, but at least in the EU level. And on the other hand, when we talk about ethics, I think uh, we have always had ethics in the decision making, Mm -hmm. no matter how we have used the data. So that's probably that uh, we need to understand how the AI works and understand that we use data for AI and there's uh, data... uh, AI itself is not racist or mm. is not making unethical decisions. Mm. Uh, it's the data behind. We have been te- teaching the uh, AI, and uh, and uh, so it comes to the humans and people that have been um, uh, documenting the AI, uh, the, the data. So, so kind of understand that um, it, it's not disappearing the responsibility of uh, of the people who are. Uh, so we cannot like. Uh, say that it was the AI who made it. We have to understand that. What was the data behind there?
2: Yeah, I think hu- human in loop is, is very important mm. at, at this stage, at least with these large language mm. models. So, uh, And another aspect I think is also important to disclose if you're yeah. using AI, because mm. I think we're seeing more and more scenarios. Mm. I think this week uh, there was one larger kind of known uh, pub- publisher who used a, a subcontractor mm that had been using AI mm. for articles and, and got into a lot mm. of uh, okay. uh, trouble for that because the quality was bad and they got caught. Mm. And I don't know if it was due to the quality mm. being bad, but people felt that they were being kind of fooled.
1: They want to know if they there's were, AI yeah, yeah, used. Yeah. That's
0: right. So uh, as a source. You using, can you can
1: lose have. trust only once. So. I
0: think that's, a, that's going to be mm. a problem in the future if there is no kind of a regulations that the people are using these kind of uh, sources, mm. like in the universities like in the schools mm. doing their math and, and so <laughs> as an example mm. uh, uh, thinking about this uh, what has been the hot potato is this that people are worried about this ai uh, uh, related items what is your thoughts about it uh, is it uh, is it something that uh, we we should tackle through the Training, learning? Yeah, I think think
2: we as humans have kind of... Things that are unknown are like inherently a bit Mm. scary. And and I think even adding on it like an unknown kind of intelligence doing things I'm capable of, Mm. of course, causes a bit of like existential unrest in it. But we still have to remember that this is technology. This is a tool... These are like the models are guessing the next word at the moment. So they're not alive. They're not going to (laughs) like...
1: They don't figure things out there. It's mathematics and...
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's a a tool. So it's kind of an extension. So at least I was, of Mm -hmm. course, when ChatGPT came out, first consumer, Mm -hmm. like easy tool. I had been using generative AI before that also. But having that kind of chat interface really opened it up. But I think the more people actually use it uh the less scary (laughs) it 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 becomes so i don't i'm not facing that like many i don't see that people are that scared uh of it anymore maybe it was in the beginning a lot so
1: Mm. Yeah, I think I'm more like an AI positivist. I Mm. I think like uh, it can help us with a lot of like.
0: um, You see that as an opportunity. As an opportunity, yeah.
1: Yeah, I think it's like I have many really boring um, uh, things I need to do in my work that are like manually done and uh, repeatable every every day. So I think uh, AI can help me with a lot of like this kind of boring um work uh, and um maybe also like it could almost in every role they can make us more efficient we can do um more uh, efficiently our work and at the same time this uh it can also help us to uh, that we have more time to mm. like um, meet each other mm. and to uh, do things that um make the services better uh, kind of um uh, uh hopefully this uh, if you go to doctor for example, the doctor usually just need to focus on the computer computer and make the documentation for everything so maybe the AI can help us that the doctor can meet you better and and watch you in the eye and uh, the not on just yeah, talk with the computer yeah, and make the documentation that's there so. That's already possible <laughs> yeah, I' have yeah. seen
2: there are multiple companies even in in Finland and, yeah. and elsewhere that are now in in especially in in healthcare looking at mm. at that, so because I mean the AI can already now understand pretty much any language, can do a transcript, can then mm-hmm. extract information from that, insert mm. it into kind of the uh, different computer systems for it. So I've seen quite many like working proof of concepts on 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 that already. so and that's definitely something our healthcare at least here in mm. Finland really needs. There, there's so there's too much paperwork, both mm. like before. Um, uh, I, I live with a doctor, so <laughs> I hear about this <laughs> every day, and I see her also yeah. be writing so much. But like before every patient meeting, so many texts yeah. to read mm-hmm. from so many different systems. Uh, meeting the patient, yeah, quick interaction. And it's actually like you have two kinds of doctors. You have one that looks you in the eye and discusses with you yeah. at the meeting and then does a lot of overtime. Mm. Or then you have a doctor that's simultaneously typing, as you speak, because after a meeting, they need to do a lot of notes. And I think those two tasks before and after that meeting are things that definitely should be offloaded mm. from, from, from a human. That's of very course, good. With good to the to <laughs> <laughs> And of course, with the doctor in control, checking the things. It's not not an autopilot. It's kind of, and that's why Microsoft is using the term co-pilot. Mm. But yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I think it's in many roles. We have a lot of reporting Mm, uh, work to do. So so in those... Kind of a routine work. Yes. Yes. Mm. So I I believe this is this is gonna be helpful for, for mm. us. But of course, as like every new technology, we need uh, we can the the future doesn't come by itself. We can we can uh, affect how the future looks like. And and if we think about, like, uh, for example, um, nuclear technology that ca- that can be we, mm. we need regulation for it. We can use it for bad or we can use it for good. So probably I I, I believe that uh, we can decide how how we take the best out of this technology.
0: Heidi and Lucas, very interesting discussion. We can continue forever this, because this is very, very kind of topical and interesting and, and different nuances there, but we need to close. And, and, but before that, if we take uh, us from, from here to 10 years ahead, where do you think that we are with the AI data analytics? And managing the data overall, uh, hmm. crystal ball is somewhere. <laughs> the, but uh, yeah, any, ten, any thoughts?
2: Ten, ten years is a is a long time. So I would <laughs> Let's encourage take a five years, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or even shorter. I would encourage every, everyone to kind a of quarter. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, see what's possible tomorrow. No, but like I, I, an organization needs a strategy. It needs mm. like a yeah. way way to to move forward. But there's been so much happening just like in in the recent months. So I would maybe look at what could we do next year Mm. regarding this Uh, because there's so much hype, so much maybe something that's possible in the future. Should we be using large language models? Should we be building something with uh, like uh, autonomous models? Uh, Yes, you can speculate, but kind of look at what's already today being done. Have you already done that in your organization or implemented it? Probably not yet and do that and then keep one eye Every now and then, mm. on kind of the, the the horizon, because I think if we then look five years ahead, I don't I, I don't think I could get like give give a a, a good estimate for that. Mm. It's, but I, it's yeah.
1: even hard to imagine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I yeah, and I think um, we need more cooperation, like in like inside the organization, but also like uh, with each other. So so uh, we don't have to make everything on by our own. It's important that we uh, share the thoughts, we share the um, uh, what we have done, what we have learned, and also make a small testing things that if you see something interesting take it like um, just to test it or, or ask your colleague like have you have you tested some, what what do you say if we t- try it and maybe there it can be more yeah. helpful mm. for you. Um, but yeah. Maybe we didn't really answer <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, one, one yeah. next podcast one, one
2: more thing when it comes to like the yeah. data platform, mm. the analytics part and, and, and AI uh, of that then there's one thing that's been relevant previously but it's going to be keep being important mm-hmm. and I think that's not going to change in five years but that's kind of the the, the quality of the data that you have on, mm-hmm. on that platform so if you have a lot of noise and we're going to be ha- having a lot of different AIs using that platform they're not going to do that well with a lot of noise mm-hmm. on that platform so kind of cleaning it up I think the best example I can't remember who it was who said it Many have probably said it, but AI at this point is kind of like having an infinite, almost infinite amount of interns Mm. that they are kind of smart, uh, but they don't know your organization. Mm. So if you would take an intern that doesn't know your organization and have them look at all of your data, could they produce something or or not? So that's a good way Mm. kind of to think. About it.
1: Yeah, focus on your own data and the quality of the data that it is correct. Uh, it's more as a like a leadership problem as well that you need to be uh, like constant with the with the leadership in there, but. Um, one thing i have been liking the idea that if I, if uh, we think that what was the internet in year um, 1995 uh, and think about that time and what were the, what was the services and how was the world like in in 95 and then think about that maybe we are in the same position uh, now with the ai that uh, we were with internet in in year 95 and think about that, okay there have been 30 years now and what the development mm. has been so maybe the same thing happens in the 5 or 10 years like the speed will be so much Increases, faster yeah. yeah but but uh, it will be at least the same uh, change that wow. we are facing <laughs> yeah. so maybe just Like, (laughs) go with the flow. (laughs) I think
2: someone said it also good that it's like the large language models we're seeing today are kind of, that's kind of like building a calculator using transistors. (laughs) Uh, It might like it can do super simple, straightforward Mm -hmm. operations, but compare that to the computers and smartphones we have today. So we have now the building
0: blocks are here. Let's Mm -hmm. see where we are. Hey, Heidi and Lucas, thanks for your valuable comments and visiting in our, our podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Thank you for listening to the Forward Talks podcast.